excited about digging into the word. <laughs> Our heart is filled with praise. We love you tonight. We praise you. We magnify your name. We lift your name on high. We glorify you because you've been good all week long. Come on, somebody let them know that tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, we're glad when they said unto us, let us go into your house. We're excited about being here tonight. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that it goes forth unchecked, unhindered by any demonic force. We thank you, Lord, that we stand with the whole armor of God tonight. Our feet are showered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our loins are girded up with truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness, that shield of faith, quenching every fiery dart of the enemy. Have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, in our mouth, the helmet of salvation. And God, we stand ready as people to hear and do. God, we receive the word tonight with gladness. Thank you, Lord God. Ready to hear and do. We know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we thank you that post this evening, we will do James 1.22. We won't just be a hearer of the word, but we will be a doer also. We will apply. We will get the victory in every corridor of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, lift your hands one more time and just honor him all over the room. God, we honor you tonight. Oh, worship him with your verbal worship, saints. Come on. That's right. Come on, just let it be heard tonight. We are not ashamed of you tonight, God. We, we honor you. We worship you. We praise you, Lord Jesus, and we magnify your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Has he been good to anybody besides two or three of us in here? God, you've been a good God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. All right, let's give him a hand clap. Amen. Amen. All right. Greet one or two people and let them know you love them. It's glad, good to see you tonight. Amen. It's good to see good, good delegation of saints in Bible study. Amen. Glad that you made it out tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. It's going to be a great night tonight. And we praise God uh, for, for the move of, of God. I'm excited about getting in the word tonight. So uh, everybody shout, welcome to Blessingville. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm not done with that yet. Let's go back to it. Come on, it's Bible study. I really enjoy preaching in both segments. Quick plug, I want you to definitely join me on Sunday. Uh, Lord say the same, I'm going to start uh, talking about good mental health. Amen. And uh, help some folk in overcoming addictions and getting rid of strongholds and all those kinds of things. So really, really want you to be a part of that. You know some people battling uh, in their mind. And how many of you know all of us have had our mind battles on one level or another? Amen. But uh, really encourage them to, to join in with us. We are in that natural time of year where people are ready for new and fresh. This is the start of the year. Amen where folk are taking idols off, right? Getting rid of the old transitioning, trend, uh, crossing over. Um, a lot of churches will see lots of new faces during this period because it's a natural time of folks trying to get a fresh start. So as we're in this vein of signs, wonders, and miracles, uh, if you hadn't figured it out, I'm real strategic in my preaching. Uh, my Thursday night crowd uh, tend to be, not, not everybody, but they tend to be people who are hungry, people who a little more, I won't say senior in their walk with the Lord, but a little more driven, you know, um, when you come out during the weeknight and, 
And in my Sunday crowd, similar, but yet uh, still some folk that, you know, may just go to church religiously. All right, not really church, you know, folk don't entrenched in a bunch of discipleship or anything like that. They just, you know, it's Sunday, so we go to church, right? So uh, I've learned those trends, and I've learned how to preach strategically to that. So uh, it's going to bless all of us in here, but I really want to pull on you. You got friends and loved ones. Get them out here and, and help them to go free. After all, that's the business we're in, right? That's what we do for a living. We help people get free and, uh, and live at a higher level. And speaking of which, I'm excited about tonight's teaching. Y'all forgive me. I think I got a little ahead. I, I was so excited about this word, I, I, I cut into one of the songs. I'm, I'm just, I just thought it was my turn. Amen. And uh, so, you know, Deronda, I'm sorry to the praise team. I, I said, well, I guess it's my turn. Amen. And uh, so I'm excited about this one tonight. Come on, say it again. Welcome to Blessingville. All right, come with me to Exodus 9 and 5. You know this is the year of great things, uh, Joel 21. Uh, nothing has changed about that. And I got just this awesome subject that I think is going to build your faith tonight, bless you. I want to bless you tonight with the word of God um, and, and teaching so that you have some things that you can look forward to knowing what God is up to. So I want you to look at this over in Exodus chapter 9. Now for context, this, these are the, the Israelites. And you all know the story of Moses. And you know about all the plagues, the lice, the frog, the darkness, uh, the babies dying in Egypt, all the Passover, all of those kinds of plagues and signs that God sent. Um, you know, basically encouraging Pharaoh to let God's people go, right? Uh, and he would refuse time after time. He'd kind of repent, but then he'd fall back and he refused to let him go again. Uh, and this time around, uh, there is the, the, the promise that if you don't let God's people go, all the cattle in Egypt, which is symbolic uh, of, of their economy, right? Symbolic of how they make a living. All the cattle in Egypt would die. They were uh, cattle people, livestock, obviously would have had milk and meat and all those kinds of things. Uh, but if all your cattle die, how many of y'all know that is symbolic of a recession? <laughs> That's a layoff, right? So uh, economically, they were going to be hit this time around if they did not let God's people go because there would be a very severe plague. That's verse number three that would come on these folks. But look at verse number four, uh, I mean, rather five and six. And if you were here on New Year's Eve, you heard me point at this at the end of my message. But tonight I want to kind of kind of teach it. Uh, it says, and the Lord appointed a set time. The Lord appointed a set time saying, and I'm King James tonight, tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. That's good news. Tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in the land. Verse 6 says, and the Lord did that thing. <laughs> it didn't take him long, did it? A verse later, hallelujah. And the Lord did that thing. You ought to release those words by faith. Say, the Lord did that thing. <laughs> Amen. So tomorrow, uh, as he's uh, speaking to Moses, he said, I'm going to do this thing. And tomorrow came. The Bible said, and the Lord did that thing on tomorrow. And all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel, how many of them died, y'all? Everybody say, not one. 
Not one. Sounds like our little phrase, not me. Amen. World is going under, not me. Amen. Uh, everybody's losing it, falling out, whatever the case may be, not one of mine. Amen. You ought to have that disposition. Not one of your businesses are going to go under. Uh, your marriage is not going under. Amen. Uh, your children aren't going under. So from those two verses, we're doing welcome to Blessingville. It's a long subject tonight, but it does make sense. So I want to I want to do a what to do when you know that you're about to be blessed lesson. That's what I'm talking about tonight. What to do when you know that you're about to be blessed. <laughs> That's what I want to talk about tonight. So, y'all, I'm just going to be so relational tonight. Got plenty of scriptures and points, but I'm going to take my time and walk through this. Because the truth is, if you are obedient, if you are walking in the ways of God, if you have sown, if you have honored God, uh, yes, tithing and and living uh, in a way that would say, God, I'm, I'm doing all in my power to walk up right before you. The truth is, you're going to come into your season. Amen. That's how this thing works. And uh, the, 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 the greater truth tonight, if there is such a thing, is, is that many of you are closer than you think. Uh, so, and, and I know that prophetically for, for the obedient. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul, that, that's what I want to deal with tonight is, is I want to kind of get you ready. <laughs> what, what do you do, Mom, when you know you're about to be blessed? You know, uh, uh, speaking of Mom, I imagine uh, you, could, you could probably teach this one tonight, Mom. I'm sure there was that knowing that you had when you were real close to that Cadillac <laughs> coming into manifestation. I mean, real close. And y'all, we smile like that, and we should. But how many of y'all know that's a blessing? Amen. Amen. You know, Avery, I'm looking at you tonight. I'm relating to some of my members. And, you know, th there's that feeling you get when you know tomorrow you graduate. Right? Tomorrow God's going to, I'm done. No more papers. Amen. It's a, I've hit that milestone, right? You know, it's that feeling you get when you are uh, signing the, uh, not the employment application, but the employment forms after you've been hired and you know you're going to start in two weeks. You're just in the logistic phase. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So tonight we're going to be inspiring. We're going to be faith building and we're going to talk about what you should do when you know, because it's not a feeling. How many of you know it's a knowing? Yeah, when you know you're about to be blessed. As my opening statement to this talk, I got good news for you, and that is the kingdom has not shut down. I just thought I'd let you know that before we get started. All right? Now, I know the government has been shut down now for about 20 days, and you know you can't get happy tonight, but I just want to let you know in the beginning of this lesson, the kingdom of God has not shut down. Somebody shout hallelujah for that. And this whole idea of the kingdom not being shut down actually comes into play in verse number six in that Egypt had shut down. <laughs> the economy of Egypt, y'all, had shut down. You read some of the other passages, is that not right, Thomas? The lights went out in Egypt. How I many you know our power is still, still on in the kingdom, right? Well, the cattle had died. The economy of that time had shut down, uh, and yet 
Israel, who would be the Old Testament version of the kingdom. We know we're under the dispensation of grace, but Israel was still alive and thriving. Not one of their cattle died. Not one. Amen. In fact, they were thriving and flourishing. And please understand uh, that in this context, they weren't even in their own land. Yeah, they were pilgrims. They were in Egypt. Y'all, we're aliens here. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. I quote it all the time, but Philippians 3 and 20, uh, our citizenship really is in heaven. Amen. We exist uh, in this world. I say it all the time, but we live. Where do we live? In the kingdom of God. We live in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is a place. That's where we're going. Praise God. Anybody still excited about going to heaven? But the kingdom of God is a method. It is a way of being. Amen. And you and I live on earth as it is in heaven. We live in our method of performing. Our method of acting is in the kingdom of God. So our way to go up is to go down. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Our way to get more is to give more. Isn't that powerful? Uh, uh, we, we are not uh, cutthroat people, speaking of love. Amen. So, so we don't backstab somebody for promotion. We live where? In the kingdom of God. Instead, we serve our enemies. And the Bible says when a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to do what? Be at peace with him, which is just a fancy way of saying he'll make even your enemies promote you. Because you live where? In the kingdom. So as long as we stay out of strife, as long as we stay out of hatred, as long as we stay out of all those domains, even when we're persecuted, by the way, when you get blessed, you will be persecuted. Amen. But as long as you stay in that posture of, no, I love, that's what I do, I honor, I, I love God, I love people, uh, you will continue to thrive. But the good news is the kingdom of God has not shut down. I thought it was interesting. I was watching the nightly business report last night for fun. And they were talking about how even loans now are subject to delay because of the government. So, for example, if FHA loan is a government loan, right? So somebody wanted to buy a house and they were getting a government type loan, government back loan, whatever the proper terminology would be, uh, they might have to wait because the, the, the government is on shutdown. <laughs> but in the kingdom of God, we're the lender. And not to borrow. Amen. Are y'all getting this? So, so, so we don't have to wait. Y'all, I don't have time to tell you all my testimonies. I'll never forget when me and First Lady was selling our first home to move to the home we're in now. Y'all, when I tell you that home closed right before, and that was years ago, but right before there was a government shutdown, I mean, we were days before it, and the people buying our house were getting a government loan, and they needed the government to stay open. How about it had no effect on our business? Are you getting this? So what, am, what are you saying, Pastor Gabe? Are you saying that we won't have to face anything, that there won't be any type of challenge? That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is, is when you live in Blessingville, when you live in Goshen, stay with me now, you will be immune to the hits. Come on, y'all. God, God will make sure that you squeak by. Amen. They're not passing out anymore, but you was the last one to get one. 
that makes sense? That this thing is no longer open to people? You gotta make sure that the manager keeps it open long enough for you. Amen. We are, watch this, we on a hiring freeze. Amen, how many of you know you on a hiring warm? You know, there is a such thing, come on y'all, as essential employees. Even when we are on a hiring freeze, there are still some people we need to perform the duties of this organization, and we're going to make sure that you get in the door. Come on. Because the kingdom has not shut down. What to do when you know you're about to be blessed? So I'm not giving you this as a point, but in my introduction, the first thing you got to master is the skill of consider not. You read that on your free time, Romans 4 somewhere around 13 through 17 and on down. But the Bible says of Abraham that he considered not. He considered not how old he was, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. We got to get to the consider not. We look not at the things that are seen. We consider not. We don't consider obstacles. Obstacles mean nothing to us. Come on, stay with me tonight. I said obstacles mean nothing to us. <laughs> uh, no's mean nothing to us. We don't consider no's because we are in Blessingville. We don't consider the data or the statistic. This is really critical because we are in this world, but we're not of it. We have an authority that is greater than this world. Okay, Holy Ghost, come on, let's go Colossians 1.13. Not in my notes, but that's what he wants you to see. Come on, Colossians 1.13. Somebody say, I live in a different kingdom. Oh, this is good stuff tonight. Colossians 1.13. This is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And God's going to keep uh, demonstrating that. He's going to keep showing us that. And he's going to keep letting you know, amen, that uh, you already have the victory. Start at verse number 11 just for a little context and, and, and see this promise that God lays on you. He says, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience, long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the what? Inheritance of the saints in light. We have an inheritance. We are partakers with the saints. Amen. We are on the same team of believers who are winning. But look at verse number 13. What kingdom do you live in? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? You could say who has delivered us from the power or the effects of this world. Has delivered us, past tense, hath delivered us. When you got born again, how many of you know you hath been delivered? You are no longer on this world's rule system. Amen. You are no longer subject to uh, uh, the downfall of the economy. You're not subject to uh, the H1N1 virus. Come on. You're not subject to flu season. Amen. And some of us need to stop making that confession when September rolls around that we're going into flu season. Everybody say not one. <laughs> not one day do you expect to have the flu. And if a little wooziness or weakness or snotty nose try to get on you, come on. Resist the devil and he will because you have authority. Right? So you have been delivered from the power of this world. You have been delivered from marital strife. I believe that kingdom marriages ought to be the happiest marriages in existence today. I believe that. I believe that. 
You know, uh, my wife and I, we've been working on the, uh, the, this year's marriage retreat and, and all those kinds of things. It's going to be awesome again. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm already excited just about the fact that uh, it's just loaded with the potential of people basically going away to layer on top of the victory they already have. How many of y'all know we're not going to a retreat to fix it? That makes sense? No, by the time you get to this year's retreat, you know, you, you, you just going like those who went last year. It was awesome. I mean, you're going to have a good time. We're going to, amen. Somebody said honeymoon. I know that's right. You're going to enjoy your spouse. You, and you're going to get some lessons. And, and then, you know, at night go and have some fun in and, and, and a Christian way out on the town, whatever you do. Well, what's, what's the point? We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. So we don't have a, 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 a why did I get married type of marriage. Or I think I love my wife. See, because Babylon will teach you those things. It's Babylon, you'll hear this on Sunday, that downloads what Paul actually says in Colossians, all of those vain philosophies. Same passage, vain philosophies and the rudiments of this world, all of those vain ways of thinking. And if you're not careful, the longer you meditate and hear that stuff, how many of you know that's why we got to turn CNN off? It'll turn the news off sometime. If you like, look at, it, look at it long enough to kind of be informed. But the truth is today, so many of them don't tell the truth anyway. So you got to start turning stuff off. You, you can't get so mixed up in the, in, the, in, the, in the conversation between the Democrats and the Republicans and the meeting with the president and whoever else because you are not in this world. You're not, you're not of this world, rather. Yeah, you vote. Yeah, you do all those kinds of things. And I hope you vote Jesus. Amen. But at a certain point, you got to get to a place to realize that I am not under anything. I'm not under this world system. I'm not under city council in Charlotte. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not under. Uh, I'm under by position. Don't misunderstand this. But I'm not under the government governor's dis next decision. I hope he makes a godly decision. But y'all, we talking about Pharaoh tonight, who legitimately so understand that God hardened his heart. You got to read that right. <laughs> Seemed like God would turn them on and turn them off. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the master's hand like the river of water. He does what? Turn. Who's in authority? God. And now in the New Testament dispensation of grace, God has placed this treasure in earth and vessel. And all we got to do is take authority. Amen. We need to take authority. I heard about some things that happened at a bus stop with, 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 uh, uh, recently on, on this side of town, maybe with another student that pulled a gun out on another student. Well, what that made me to know is the church has to take authority. We are not of this world. We control what goes on on the west side. Amen. I am convinced that certain things didn't happen because we were here. I know it. I know it by the spirit. I've had times where God called me up in the prayer and we blocked it. I know it by the spirit. I know it. Amen. Because we are not of this dark culture. We, we don't live or rather uh, uh, thrive in this world. We exist in this world, but we live where? In the kingdom of God. Let's read Colossians 1.13 and be blessed by it. Who? He's talking about God. God, Jesus, through Jesus, has delivered us from the what? Power of God. 
darkness, from the power of Egypt, and hath translated us to where? Where do you live, church? To the kingdom of his dear son. To the kingdom of Jesus, you and I are on a new system. We are in a new place of living, so you should understand that you can call it and have it the way you want it. The Bible says, and you shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. Who's doing the decreeing? I am. Whatever you bind, and I know the theology would have already been bound, but watch this. Y'all, everything that God has been bound are things that needed to be bound for you to get the victory. Whatever you loose, I know the theology, yep, would have already been loose, but everything that he's already loose is the greater works, the power that you need to get your blessing, to get your favor. Amen. God is smiling on his people, y'all, in this season. He's prospering you. Why? Because Jesus is coming back real soon. And would you know that it would just make sense for the wealth of the wicked to be transferred to you now so that you can buy more TV time? Are y'all seeing where we're going now? Watch this. Don't buy more TV time. Buy one of the Babylonian stations and own the television station. That's what I'm thinking. Amen. Start owning stuff. Start, start being the head above only, the head and not the tail. Amen. So why am I going to be blessed? Genesis 12, we know it. We are blessed to be a blessing. You know, we're not just candy cane Christians. We're not candy coated in our walk. We would stay with Jesus if we didn't get another dollar, but that's just not scriptural. Amen. He is going to give you another dollar. He is going to bless you. He is going to give you more of the anointing, more endowment to get things done. You get blessed the way that you need to be blessed. You know, some of these rotten down hotels we pass on the way in, how come they can't be Christian rehab centers? Does anybody see where I'm going now? Every time I pass something dilapidated, I begin to think, what kingdom use could that be? I look at some of these old boarded up churches in our own city. And y'all, those are kingdom properties. How come that is not a mission building? Amen. Well, I'll tell you how come, because it's time for the church to take its posture. It's time for the church to get in place, have a bunch of multi-millionaires sitting in there. Come on. So that you can go down there on any given day, buy the property, and fund the workers for the next five years. All right. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> That's what God wants to see happen. And I know some of this stuff sounds far-fetched, but your faith is going to come up and you're going to receive it. What to do when you know God is about to bless you? Well, the Bible goes on to say back in Exodus 9, 5 through 6, it says, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing. And how many of y'all know he did that thing the next day? Right. And then in Exodus 8 and 23, I love it. Uh, uh, God says, tomorrow this sign shall be. Exodus 8.23. Tomorrow this sign shall be. I will put division between my people and the people and thy people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. That just simply means you'll be able to distinguish between the world and the church, between God's people and the people of the world. And he gives you a timeline again. Tomorrow this shall be. What's your point, Pastor Gabe? I want to drive home the thought that God is a God of time. Yes, he is a God of tomorrow about this time. 
He is a God of a set day. Even in the case of Herod, the Bible says on a set day, the worms ate him. God is a God that has a set day. I'm going to get a whole lot of people that get relieved in this so that you understand God's providence and how it will often work. Your faith is critical to manifest what God wants to do in your life. Everybody say amen. amen. And even when you are in faith, there are times where God would have it that the set date for your breakthrough is five days away when you would prefer it to be one day away. Why? Because five days away is the timing by which he really would get the most glory. <laughs> oh, man. I hate to be so parochial about this thing. Why does God bless you to buy a car after all the New Year's sales are over? When it's not the end of the month. Are y'all getting this? <laughs> because if he slides that price down at a time when they're not supposed to slide it, you're going to come away from that experience and saying what? This was nobody but. God likes moving in times and spaces when it makes no logical sense. When you really did not have enough of whatever you think you should have had enough of. I mean it, y'all. And, yup, he's going to give you a 720 credit score. But the bottom line is, God, like, he likes doing stuff, you know, with folk who got 540 sometimes. And he will do that on purpose. He'll do one or two things. Number one, he'll supernaturally shoot you up to a 720 in seven days because he can. Amen, somebody. But then watch this. Now stay up in the spirit. Number two, he will skip over what you think you needed to uh, be qualified and make you know that you were qualified when he released the word out of his mouth. When God said it was mine, his word will not return void. Can I bless somebody tonight that needs some grace? Maybe you're not like me, but I can think of times in my life where I needed grace. I didn't have enough. I wasn't smart enough. I didn't get in on time. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But somebody shout, thank God for his grace. Thank, Lord, thank you for catching me up. Amen. Because that's what he does. See, you can't become so rigorous in meeting all the requirements. How many you know you got to live right? Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But you can't become so rigorous to assume that by the time God really, really, really blesses you, it's going to be because of every single thing that you did right. It's not going to be because of everything you did right, because there are 10,000 other people that did things much better than how you did it. But it's because God laid his hand on you and said that it is your moment that I'm going to bless you. I feel the and rising up in this place. Amen. God laid his hand on you. God said it. You hear me say it all the time. I am positive that there are people who can preach circles around me. I know that. I know it without a shadow of a doubt. Amen. But it has nothing to do with ability. When God calls David out of the field, come on somebody. When God decides that I'm going to anoint the ruddiest, come on the shortest, come on the most unattractive. How many of y'all know God, psalmist says, does what he pleases? He doesn't ask permission. 
And you need to, why are you preaching like that tonight, Pastor Gay? Because part of this is to build your faith and help you to understand that it is by God's grace and his divine providence that you qualify. And what that's going to do for you is going to take your faith to a place to understand that for many of us, tomorrow really is the day. All God really was waiting on is for me to believe him enough, come on somebody, to get it done. You ought to shout, and God is going to do this thing tomorrow. Yes, I I receive it, Pastor. I receive that. I have no, anybody have no problem receiving that? Oh, I have no problem receiving that I move myself out of the way. I, I move all of my inhibitions and I take the posture that tomorrow is my day. Hallelujah. So that's huge as you start moving in this place of understanding what to do when you know God's going to bless you. I want to give you some quick symptoms. Go to Mark. Uh, come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark 4 and 28. Hallelujah. You'll move yourself out of the way. You'll start getting blessed in ways you never could have imagined. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. glory. Amen. The goodness of God, hallelujah, the presence of God. That's the glory of God. God will bestow his glory on you. He'll do things for you that your family members can't understand. You hadn't been blessed until some people start saying, who, him? Come on, somebody. Her? <laughs> hallelujah. But he chooses the foolish things. I got some Bible readers that say he chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. Not many noble are chosen. Come on. How, how, I'm so glad that in the kingdom you don't have to have a PhD. <laughs> Anybody in here? Amen. I'm so glad that in the kingdom you don't got to be six foot six. Hallelujah. Anybody in here besides me had some inadequacies, but thanks be unto God by the power of God. I got in in places where it didn't make sense for me to get in. Come on, somebody. How many of you know you're going to live across the street from some folk that worked a whole lot harder than you, but by the grace of God? Come on. <laughs> Man, this is just Bible study. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. Look at this thing. After you've sown seeds, seeds tonight most certainly can be your work ethic, your prayer life. This deals with the seed of the word. But I, I want to talk about symptoms. How you know you're about to be blessed. I'll give you three quick ones. We're going to move on. But look at it. Verse 28. First, the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. How does it happen? How you know when you're about to, to, to reap a harvest? First, the blade. Everybody say symptoms. He's referring to corn here. Then the ear. After that, the full corn in the ear. Anybody ever experienced those symptoms of, of something's about to happen? You're experiencing a symptom tonight. I'm going to give you this one for free. You're hearing a word on it. Y'all, that's symptomatic. I mean, if nothing was about to happen, you think God would have us teaching this tonight? There are a million and one things we could have been teaching tonight. Oh, I wish I had a witness. A million and one. There, there are so many. Y'all, this is 66 books. You, you know, we could have been talking about all kinds of we could have been dealing with the Old Testament law. I mean, just Esther, Zephaniah, Zechariah. I mean, take your pick. So a lot of things we could have taught tonight, and it would have been good lessons. But tonight's a prophetic night. It might not feel prophetic. You don't have to feel anything. <laughs> Amen. How many of y'all know God moves in the underdog? 
Amen. How many of y'all know this is not New Year's Eve service where we're loaded to the door? Come on. It's that, it's that moment where people just decided, I'm just going to obey God and, 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 and I'm going to Bible study. You know, God, I don't know what we're talking about tonight. I don't even know. You know, I know Pastor Gabe was talking about sign wonders and miracles and we hadn't talked about Blessingville for three weeks. I'm not sure what we're doing. He might start something new, but Lord, I, I just know whatever we hear is symptomatic of where we're going. So that's a symptom in of itself outside of my points. But y'all, when you're getting ready to come in a harvest, the reason why I show you Mark 4 and 28 is there are symptoms of it. And, and, and you can't uh, plant a seed and then go out there tomorrow and dig it up. I'm not just talking about money. You, 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 you got to understand this scripture actually backs it up that when the farmer plants, he goes to sleep. Bible says stuff like in Ecclesiastes, not knowing which one will grow. How many of y'all know we got to rest in God? We got to get rid of all the anxiety of when and how and what and how he's going to do it. Oh, my phone call is coming tomorrow. No, your email might come tomorrow. Oh, you know, you know well, I'm dead. The check is in the mail. God don't need your mailbox to get a check to you. No, really, God speaks to somebody's heart tonight and change the rest of your life. You don't know who's sitting around you. I say, you don't know who's sitting around you. You, you. you can be two rows from an oil tycoon. You ever read The Millionaire Next Door? Rich people don't make noise. You better know that. Watch people who talk about how much they have all the time. They might be lying. I said, rich people don't make noise. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they authentically rich? Oh, yeah, no, they just pretty easy going. Couldn't tell it. Amen. You don't know who's around you. You don't know who you work with every day. Amen. Had a member not long ago. Somebody, uh, she was working in a department store. Somebody just came up to her. Um, and uh, her husband, my member husband, died some years ago. And uh, when he died, she, she gave her sewing machine away. And, you know, she had longed for that sewing machine now and all those kinds of things. A lady came up to her in the store that she was working in and, and said to her, um, listen, I, um, you know, I don't know. I just feel led and compelled to give you my Singer sewing machine. Now, some people see that as insignificant because you could very well say, well, the sweet member probably could buy her own machine if she really, really want to. No, you got to catch the sign, wonder, and miracle. She desired a sewing machine, and here comes a lady out the blue who doesn't know her from. Are y'all getting this? See, you coming into that season where it's going to be, I don't know you, but. Let me break that down in modern language. Some of y'all on LinkedIn. Y'all, there is a such thing as people researching you and looking you up. Come on, somebody. I'm looking at brother over here who that's how he got hired. Just, just inquiring. We got people in our church like that. Hey, wondering if you would be interested in, and you walk right into the dream zone. But then God don't need LinkedIn. Because as long as you LinkedIn with the Holy Ghost, woo, that's good teaching tonight. Oh, man, God's got somebody who has a cousin who's got a friend who lives in a basement, but because he, what are we saying tonight? Read it on your own free time, Psalm 78. Don't limit God. 
Children of Israel limited God. That's why they never got out of the wilderness. Don't you limit God. Recognize the symptoms. You, you start coming up in faith, you'll look at everything as a symptom. You go outside, you say, well, the sun is up. That must mean my promotion is coming. The sun went up. Hallelujah. Amen. And people, I'm telling you, laugh at that, but really get the revelation. The more you honor God's signs and symptoms, the more he'll send them. I had a brother share a scripture with me earlier today, a pastor friend, and the scripture he shared was Revelations 3 and 20. I text him back. I said, I want you to know that uh, the passage you shared is 3 and 20. He said, amen. Even when I'm outside of Ephesians, y'all, I still see 320. Y'all, one of my agents closed on the house earlier this week, and, and guess what time they called me to let me know that the commission check was ready? And they didn't plan it. Or text me. I said, do you realize you've been sending, you sent this text at 320? Said, Pastor, wow. Wow. Y'all, that stuff is not happenstance. Everybody say symptoms. Symptoms. Amen. You're not going to get a cold, but what's the symptom a person has a cold? You start getting that stuffiness up here. You feel a little runniness going. Everybody say, come on, watery eyes. Symptoms. And that's a symptom that you need to start rebuking the devil right then. Resist the devil. Oh, no, no, devil. Uh-uh. No, he ain't doing all that sneezing. I bind you in Jesus' name. Then go get you a bottle of cologne and spray it. I ain't, I'm putting all my cologne on. You're not messing my sinuses up. I bind you in Jesus' Do something anti-symptom. But the same philosophy works in the kingdom of God. I'm teasing you. But in the kingdom of God, there are symptoms. Can I teach this tonight? First, the earth brings forth the fruit of herself. First, the blade. Don't dig it up. Let the blade come. Then the air. Then the full corn with the air. It wraps the corn. Well, let's look at some quick signs and symptoms that you're coming into your season. Number one, changes start occurring. <laughs> changes start occurring. And let me define that a little bit more. Sometimes changes beyond your control. Those are symptoms. Changes, just things around you. Y'all, don't get so disheartened when, when relationships shift. I'm going to show you that in Scripture momentarily. Don't get so disheartened when relationships shift. That can be a symptom, especially if you're the obedient one in the relationship. How many of you know low-level people, if they don't change their mind, they're not going up high. They're not, the altitude will kill them. Come on. Changes start occurring. Your symptom, you're going to be blessed. You can be on a job. God's getting ready to bless you with a new awesome job. Y'all, symptoms, some of the people on your current job, amen, take heart. But they might start acting a little tricky. Are y'all in here? Like, y'all just not the same anymore. Now, you love them. You're doing your part. You're doing your job. But just, this, is, this is not, everybody say Changes. This one is a little more dramatic, but they can come lay the whole department off. Man, if you ever get the privilege of being laid off, let your first reaction be hallelujah. This means something great. And then find you a confession like Job. Once Job lost everything, what did he get next? Double. So you start saying, my salary is doubling. Thank you, Jesus. That's a symptom. Everybody say changes. Number two, you may not have thought about this, but people of similar patterns start to get blessed. People of similar patterns start to be, get blessed. Y'all, one corn farmer uh, uh, can really look across the street at the other corn farmer 
recognizing that they planted at the same time. How about if his harvest come up and mine don't? There's something wrong with my land. Uh-oh. There's something, I, t I taught a lesson not long ago called soil. Y'all remember that? There's something wrong with my heart. I might need to check into that. Because I, I, no, I know we all superseding. I, I know we all giving. I know we all talking. Hey, what's going on? Hey, if everything around me is being blessed, how about I'm supposed to be being blessed too? I can tell you when you're connected to the right church, you'll go on the same seasons with them. Y'all, this is prophetic tonight. That's why you get around a church that's always building. Amen. Oh, yeah. Because just as that church is building, you don't think you're going to be building? I've seen God do that here so often, coinciding. And that doesn't mean that you got to wait to close on your house when we finish the next building. Oh, pastor, when are you going to build another church? You misunderstood me. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm talking about this building, building ministry, newness, greatness, freshness. Amen. That same fresh anointing is going to be on you. It really does that work that way. Amen. I tell people, and I don't say this arrogantly, but oh my God, ne never follow a pastor that's behind. Mm -mm. If you move to another city and you have to join another church, amen, you get a progressive pastor. Because you don't really join churches. You'll get that revelation later. You join a pastor. <laughs> amen. You don't really join churches. Paul said, Philippians 1 and 7, you're a partaker of my grace. No, you find, no, you find a church, I don't care if they're younger than you too, but you find a church where the pastor and his wife love each other, strong chance your marriage is coming up. If it ain't up now, it's coming up. You get up under that anointing? Come to the marriage small group in February that we get ready. Are you kidding me? Oh man, no, it's coming up. <laughs> Amen. You get under a pastor that's prospering. I'm not tooting my own horn. But, yup, financially, but in every other area. Get under that success anointing. I want to be under a success anointing. And you can tear that page out of my book. Who, who do I associate with? Other successful pastors. <laughs> successful ones. That's doing what they do well at whatever level. And there are different levels. The man that's preaching our leadership conference, he is a successful pastor. Amen. He didn't just figure this thing out. I'm doing his anniversary this year. He's coming into his 20th pastor anniversary. Isn't that wonderful? Over 30 years of marriage to the same woman. Come on. Come on. No immoral failure. You get under, you know, that, that, that's who you connect. That's who you, come on, that's who you associate. Y'all know my best friend, Pastor Ronnie. Come on. Amen. Four kids who honor God. Amen. All his daughters are virgins. And, and his son has not uh, been down that, that, that path of, it, of, of, of such immorality. Amen, virgins. Amen. That's where you go. You get that. Why, why are you teaching that? Because it's symptomatic of where you're headed. And what, it's not just the pastor, but the members around you. Look at the, read the people. I mean, we just said another member uh, uh, had a closing this week, uh, agent. But y'all, who do you think they close with? Another member. Now, I'm not going to tell everybody's business, but are y'all getting this? Well, y'all, if everybody closing or, or, or coming up, what's, what's supposed to happen to the rest of us? That's good. 
And it may not be in the domain of real estate for you. It may be promotion in your area. Whatever my area is, oh, no, I'm going up too. Now, you got to monitor that and make sure that just because your brother or sister is nine months ahead of you, that a spirit of covetedness don't come on you. Now, that's a whole nother lesson. Because now, I'm not looking at every time the Lord blesses you and going to say, now, Lord, where is mine? That's not what I'm teaching tonight. Amen. I'm going to rejoice with them that rejoice. How many of y'all know that's all about the heart? This is good teaching tonight. So I'm going to manage my heart. And you know what? You get yours faster than me and I get mine in 2020. Whatever the Lord's done, praise God. Whatever mine is, I'll receive it. Amen. At that time. But we're celebrating you in this space. Well, but it is still, though, symptomatic of your next level if everybody around you is in next level living. Amen. Changes start occurring. People of similar patterns start to get blessed. But number three, you have a knowing in your inward man that cannot be denied. Anybody ever had that? I don't have time to go to all these passages tonight. You'll have to study it. But John, who walked with Jesus, said he placed an unction. I have an unction from the Holy One. You can have an unction. There is a knowing. And y'all, it's not just carnal excitement. It's not just emotionalism. There is an unction, Thomas. There is a real knowing, something. And you know why you feel it right here? Because that's where the Holy Ghost is. Out of your Belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is where the unction comes. It starts the bubbling over right here. In fact, that's where faith is demonstrated. You just know that you know. You don't wake up saying today might be my day. I'll probably get my call today. You wake up saying, man, today is the day. There's a knowing. What does that knowing look like? In enthusiasm. That's the spinoff of it, but it's spiritually first. Enthusiasm is the spinoff of it, but it's spiritual first. Now, all of this is so critical to where we're going to go next. So now I want to give you quickly, and then we're going to let you go. But <clears throat> what do you do when you know you're about to be blessed? So I want to answer that question because tonight's message is a question. And you could also phrase that question with how to stay in faith. Because when you know you're about to be blessed, that is the key. It is to stay in faith. The pragmatic, practical asterisk to all of this, y'all, before we give you points, is to know that all of this means I have done everything in my power. So I, I've exhausted Gabe. I'm doing everything in my power. No, nope, I've made the application. Mm -hmm. I, I qualify with whatever credential, if that's what you needed for whatever you're trying to get, employment. Amen. You've done all of that, but then what do you do? Amen. Having done all, Stand right, having done all, I've done all. How do you stay in faith? Or here are my points tonight what do you do when you know you're about to be blessed? Go to Psalm 27, please. Are you being blessed by this word? Hallelujah! Psalm 27. What do you do when you know that you're about to be blessed? And God does want to bless you, just for the record, he wants to bless you because He loves you. And then he wants to bless you to advance his kingdom. The first point uh, of my final points is uh, believe to see it. Believe to see it. Pam, what do you do when you know that promotion is imminent? Believe to see it, which is just a fancy way of saying look forward to it. Everybody say look forward to it. Come on, somebody say I'm looking forward to the blessing. 
believe to see it. Look at it over here in Psalm 27. Let this thing bless you. Verse 13. It says, I had fainted. You could say I would have fainted. Amen. Psalm 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless. Everybody say unless. I would have given up unless I had believed to see. What's the first point tonight? You got to believe to see. But to believe to see it when you get to heaven, no. I would have given up unless I just believed to see the manifestation, the goodness of the Lord, the manifestation of the Lord, where? In the land of the living. You got to believe to see it, Keisha. Believe to see it. Amen. Amen. It's already happened, but I believe to see it. Amen. You have to look forward to it. That is so critical. I believe. I, Y'all, when I said tomorrow is that day, no, I am looking forward to tomorrow. I have received that word. I told Stephanie something. I said, tonight I'm going to preach to myself if I don't preach to anybody else. I am. I'm just encouraged by this word, Mel. I am. Felicia, I'm encouraged by it. I believe to see it. I am looking forward to it. Well, Pastor, you've been so blessed. God's not done. Never. That's right. Don't put a cap on them. Don't put any ceilings on them. Don't limit them. No, God's not done. Believe to see it. Whatever's next, he does things in levels. Amen. Believe to see it. Look forward to it. So I would have given up lest I believe to see the goodness of the Lord where? While I'm still alive. So verse 14, I'm going to do what? I'm not quitting. I'm going to wait on the Lord. You know what? In March, you're going to still see me in church. It's January now. But you know what? Uh, in, in June, I'm, I'm, I won't be anywhere different. You're going to still see me around the things of God. Amen. He says, wait on the Lord, and I'm going to be of. What's your posture in waiting? Be of. What kind of courage? Good courage. And what's going to happen as a result? The Lord's going to strengthen your heart. Hallelujah. Then he says it again. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Everybody say, I got to believe to see it. Let's go to Genesis 13. Let's get loaded up on the word now. First point, believe to see it. I like uh, this thing. Remember I told you earlier, sometimes you will go through some you, you'll go through some shifts and transitions. Amen. If you were on the prayer call Wednesday, I hope some of you will call in and be on that call with us. The Bible says he's a very present help in trouble. So if you feel like you've been in trouble or there's been some shifting and some changes, the good news is, is God is present with you. Amen. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I will be with you. How long, church? Always, even to the end of the age. But you got to understand over here in Genesis 13 that uh, look at it. As a matter of fact, Genesis 13 and 14. Uh, I believe this will bless you real good as you understand this whole concept of changes. Lot and, and Abraham had, had come into a little bit of contention. But look at it. The Bible says in uh, 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 verse number uh, 14, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot had separated from him. Everybody say changes. <laughs> it was after I went through some changes. You lost that job. Let me encourage somebody tonight. Yeah, after you separated from it. The one that you did your best on. Some people lose stuff sometimes because they're falsely accused. That happened to Joseph. After you had gone through those changes, the Lord said to Abram after the lot, lot had separated from him, what did he say? Look forward to. Lift up thine eyes and do what? Look from. Look from. 
Look from where you are right now. Look from the place that you are standing, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. You're about to be blessed, Abraham, for all the land which you see to thee, verse 15, I'm going to give it to you. But when did that happen? After Lot is separated from him. Everybody say changes. See, when you go through some changes willingly, hallelujah. When you let God do some pruning, amen, somebody. When you let God do some shifting in some things, Oh, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there, baby. Oh, yeah, you let God change some dynamics around you and you willingly receive it. Hallelujah. Start looking from where you are. <laughs> I don't know who I'm ministering to streaming in tonight. Some young lady, as you separate uh, from that toxic relationship, now look from where you are. Amen. Northward, westward, eastward, southward. Come on. Because all the land that you see, he was telling Abraham, as far as the eye can see, just know, and it's metaphorical, but know that all of that belongs to you. It's actually metaphorical and literal because it all belonged to Abram. It all belongs to us. Amen. It all belongs to us. He says, look from where you are. Everybody say, look forward to it. Yeah, but you got to look from where you are. Do you start looking for the blessing when it comes? No, that is carnal. I believe God to do it now. Look from where you are. Now, what's hilarious about this, we're talking about living in Goshen. Look at verse number two. The Bible says, and Abram was what? What was Abram, y'all? Very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Now, I think that's hilarious because verse 14 comes after the fact that Abraham was already doing quite well. Oh, I'm helping somebody tonight. See, some of you in here who have taken the posture of, I'm doing good, I'm content, I'm satisfied. That is not the way of the believer. Amen. When God blesses you, it does not stop there. You look for the next faith challenge. You look for the next platform by which for God to be exalted. He was already thriving. He wasn't a poor man, but God says, even still, I want you to know I'm taking you further. Woo, Jesus. That's a word for somebody who just got promoted three months ago. You need to understand it doesn't stop there. Hallelujah. You serve a God that's taking you further. That's good news tonight. I wish I had somebody that is really excited about the fact that you're in Christmas Eve. Come on, somebody. Real soon, all of those gifts underneath the tree are going to be unwrapped in Jesus' name. But you got to look. <laughs> is that all right? Amen. I didn't make it up. The word says. And this is chronological here. He was already blessed. But God tells him, but look forward to more. Everybody say, I'm looking forward to more. Number two, take the posture of I already have it. Oh, that's good stuff right there. We're almost home tonight. Take the posture of I already have it. See, when you know God's about to do something in the natural that he's already done in the spiritual, really get this revelation. This is going to bless you because it blessed me when God gave it to me. By the time the blessing occurs, you should be so used to it that it's not shocking it's only exciting. Does that make sense? Ultra, by the time it happens, you, it all, you already tunneled through it so much. It's already been birthed in you. 
that by the time you get in it, you are not shocked. There is not, you're not going to believe this response. You know, if you're not careful, you can be so in faith that receiving the call can be anticlimactic. Is that blessing my right there? Because you knew it was coming. And the only thing you got to ward off against is just to make sure you give God praise and don't come too common with being blessed. You hear what I'm saying? But you just knew. You knew that cause. I got to use Pastor Rondi on this. I, I sold him his house years ago when he used to live in Charlotte. And um, we, we were, um, we just finished him signing all his paperwork, closing on his house. And we got on the elevator and I said, hey, bro, are you excited? He said, man, Gabe, I was already here, bro. I just got the keys today. Y'all going to get that revelation? <laughs> I was, man, this, hey, bro, this thing happened for me years ago, <laughs> months ago. Hallelujah. Amen. I already had it. I just got the keys today. <laughs> Somebody going to catch up with their pastor in a minute. I said, I just got the keys today. I just got the call today. I already had the call. It just manifested today, but I had it. I, I wasn't about to get the call. I already got the call. I just got what I already had because I already had it because I was already acting like I had it. You know, I knew I was going to get hired, so I already packed my bag for the interview that I had to fly out to because I knew I was getting a job and the home base of the organization is in Minnesota, so I already packed my bag for the interview I was going to because I knew I was going to it. I already had it. No, I already had the car. So I'm just smelling the new car smell, but I had the car a long time ago because I know all of the functions on the car. I've reviewed all of the specs, and I already had the car. I just have it now. I just got the keys today, but I had the car a long time ago. I already had the husband, so I started doing my hair and staying real pretty. I didn't even go to the grocery store with hair rollers in my head because I knew I already had the husband, so I started acting like I got a husband, and I learned how to cook things that I didn't know how to cook because I know my husband is going to want to eat a variety of things. So I already got my husband, so I'm acting like I got one. Good God Almighty. Already got it. I was there. So it's nice to meet you, sir, but you are already here, and I'm so glad my faith brought you to where you should have been. How, where you been? I called you in months ago. I already had it. Good God Almighty. Everybody say, act like you already got it. And finish that statement, because you do. Do you know what that means? We ought to be praising right now. What would you do if you got what you already had, because you already got it? You ought to be praising right now. You ought to be praising like there's a voicemail waiting for you tonight. You ought to be praising like tomorrow is the last day that you will be with that illness or disease because you already got your healing. Healing already came over 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, my master. Bless his name. Amen. It's good stuff tonight. 
What to do when you're about to be blessed. Number three, talk about it frequently. Woo, Jesus. Oh, talk about it frequently. I told you I'm preaching to myself tonight. Come on, you know it, Luke 6, 45. Just put it in your notes. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Talk about it frequently. Let me give you a faith lesson. Even if your heart doesn't want to agree with it, you know that you're going to prosper as your soul does prosper. So you let not your heart be troubled and you command your heart. No, we talking about the good stuff. That's what we dwelling on. Amen. I don't hear no bad news. I don't want to talk about bad news. What just happened good? Talk about it purposely, frequently, because the more you talk about it, the more you are forced to do Philippians 4 and 8, those things that are lovely, true, those things that are of good report, the more you are forced to think on those things. You'll hear about this on Sunday, but please understand your your mind and your words, they they really are connected, the heart, the will, the intellect, right? And and, and God made you, uh, I don't want to use the wrong word, but he made you to be stimulated by certain things. Are y'all getting that? That's why you are stimulated by what you see. Amen. It's a stimulant. Take your kids to Disney World. What happens? Stimulant, right? Their eye, their end gate, here's the music. And they see Mickey and Goofy and all kinds of things. And they get to shake Pluto's hand. And that takes the experience higher. They, they get stimulated. I don't want to use any inappropriate examples, but y'all, this is, this is adult Bible study. Please, please understand, married couples, God made you that way. You get stimulated at a certain place on purpose. It's, it's in your anatomy to do so. Well, if the same rules and laws apply in the, the physical, material world, what do you think works in the spirit? The more you release, your words are pregnant. I'm constantly releasing words of good news. Amen. Amen. Decreeing, oh, no, great, great, great wealth comes in today. An increase of the anointing happens today. It's not just money. Increase of the anointing happens today. I got greater anointing to cast out devils. I mean, we're not on a fast, are we? (laughs) This type come by fasting and praying. You ought to be believing for a greater anointing to cast out some devils. That's what I'm doing. My fast has been focused on the increase of the anointing. That's what I've been fasting on. I'm embracing the love of God like the theme, and my fast is focused on, Lord, I want more of the anointing. Because if I get the anointing, I can destroy the yoke of poverty. I can destroy the yoke of sickness and disease. Amen. Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Shall recover. Amen. So you talk about it frequently. You're battling an addiction. I want to get in Sunday's message, but you're battling something. By the way, you're not just addicted to drugs. How many know there's a lot of addictions? Amen. You talk, no, I'm free from this. I'm free from it. (laughs) And the next time you get ready to go and do that bad habit again, do it in Jesus' name. It'll be real hard. (laughs) Try it. I'm drinking in the name of the Lord. You notice how you just had, <gasps> yeah, conviction. Oh, I can't drink this. Pastor Gabe said, do it in Jesus. You can't. <laughs> Hallelujah. You start breaking some chains. <laughs> Amen. I'm overdoing it in Jesus' name. Oh, I can't. I got to stop. Amen. This is good stuff tonight. 
You talk about your victory. You talk about your new this. You, you talk about the next level of your marriage. You, you, you know, you're battling illness in your body and you're bedridden. You start saying, man, when I get out of this bed in the natural, because I'm already out of it in the spirit. You know what Oral Roberts used to say when people would come to his meetings and they, they were paralyzed, whatever the case may be? You ought to study some of those tapes. It'll bless you. Amen. I study great men, and, and he, he used to say this. He said, all right, now, I want everybody in here to do something in faith. All right? He said, so I want you to stand up. Now, he would have a tent loaded with folks who were paralyzed, all kinds of things. And listen to what he would say next. If you can't stand in the natural, stand in your mind. Stand in the spirit. If you can't shout, Blank your eyes fast. Do something in faith. Do something. This little young lady was paralyzed. They brought her on the cart. He said, do something and see yourself standing up. She started to blank her eyes as the story was told. Now, all of a sudden, she said to her mother, she said, Mama, turn me loose off of this. They said, no, baby girl, you know, we didn't go too far. She said, turn me loose, mama. They took those straps off. As the story is told, she took off running. Amen. Took off running. Why? Because she did what she could do to her own capacity, and God met her there. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. I'm not the healer anyway. He's got to do the healing. All I got to do is what I can do, and if God's got to reach way down. Be it unto you according to your faith. That's why I keep saying tomorrow is your day. Well, if your faith adds up and agrees with that, I believe I receive by faith that by 5 o'clock, come on, somebody, there are some more changes for the believer. But you got to believe it. I believe it. Amen. Hallelujah. Yo, that's a true story. They got so many stories that came with those revivals. This is so important. You talk about it frequently. You do what you can do, and God will bless you, and it will release an enthusiasm, which is a great lead into our fourth and final point. Go to Genesis 32. Amen, amen, amen. Now, the theology of this text is not important tonight. Uh, we recognize this as the angel of the Lord. Uh, Hosea kind of clarified that over in Hosea chapter 12, and, and some would believe, and it's fine as well, that he, uh, he wrestled literally with God, because the text actually kind of says that. But we know either way you see it, and whatever lens you see Jacob through on this, and who he was wrestling with, that he was wrestling with a divine being. So don't get lost in the theology as to whether or not it was God or an angel. It was somebody from heaven. That's the key. It was somebody supernatural, all right? Now, I want you to see this because the fourth and final point is going to bless you real good. What do you do when you know you're about to be blessed? Everybody say, don't let go. <laughs> Look at Genesis 32 and 24. Don't you dare let go. Don't you change your posture. And you get this CD and you listen to it again tomorrow and you don't let go. You stay, you stay, you stay, and you stay. I'm not talking about just in church. You stay with God. Look at verse 24. And Joseph was left alone and there he wrestled with a man with him until the breaking of day. 
Amen. Jacob, excuse me, wrestled with a man until the breaking of day. Verse 25. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, that is the man, he touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So it looks like Jacob was injured in this process. Now, don't you believe to be injured in your process? Please understand that this is an Old Testament dispensation. By the grace of God, amen, it's not your power that gets it done anyway. So really get that revelation. But God has shown you something in this context. Amen. Somebody say, I'm not coming out limping. Amen. Verse number 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not do what? Let thee go. Or you could simply say, I will not let go until you bless me. <laughs> no, I ain't going nowhere. I will not let go. I'm not changing nothing. No, I know these faith principles are accurate. So I will not. I will not let go. What does not letting go look like? I will not stop sowing. Because I know 2 Corinthians 9 and 6 is right. If I sow bountifully, I reap bountifully. I know that's accurate. I will not let go. I will not stop loving. Come on, somebody. Because the love of God, Romans 5 and 5, is shed abroad in my heart. Galatians 5 and 8, faith works by love. I will not let go of my love walk. I'm going to love my daughter. I'm going to love my son that's strung out. I will not let go. Hallelujah. I will love my husband, even though he won't come to church with me. I will love my wife. I will not let go. You can apply this, don't let go in so many corridors of your life. But whatever you're holding on to, believing God to do and change, just don't let go of it. Hallelujah. I won't let go. I felt the ministry of a, of a pastor tonight that might be streaming in tonight for somebody legitimately called by God and you're working that ministry trying to get it done. Don't you let go. Amen. Don't you let go. You stay in the race. You stay in the fight. Hallelujah. Because God's got a people in the building for you. Don't let go. Don't ever forget this night. Hallelujah. I, I just felt that pull by the spirit. Don't let go. Amen. He says, I will not let go until or un except you bless me. Well, don't stop there because the next question, Jameson, is, well, did he let go? <laughs> Amen. Did he let go and did he get his blessing? Let's keep reading. He says, let me go for the day breaketh. And, and he said, verse 26, I will not let go except you bless me. I'm almost home. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. So this being begins to conversate with him. You're a tough cookie. What's your name, man? Where you come from? <laughs> he knew his name. He's helping Jacob to know what his new name would be. Look at this thing. And verse number 28, and he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. Everybody say changes. changes. Yeah, I went through some changes. That's a whole Bible study in and of itself, Jacob to Israel. For as a prince hast thou powered with God and with man, and you have prevailed. You have prevailed. Everybody say, did he win? Yes, he did win. Well, what ended up happening? What was his proclamation? I will not let go until you bless me. Well, anybody who knows anything about a good movie is, you want to know what was the outcome. Amen. You know, I, I, I like watching those movies taken, taken one, two, and three. I, 
I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. And boy, that guy is a fighter, man. I, I forgot his name, but man, he just be breaking people's elbow, bending them back, just chopping them on the neck. I, I, I like watching that movie. I'm telling you, pray for me if you don't watch any movies. You, you know, you, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too carnal, but I sure enjoy that movie. Amen. So sometimes I go in my little theater room and I turn Taken on and, and I can watch it like I've never seen it because his daughter gets taken. But the question becomes, comes, did he get her back? Yeah. Wife got taken, but did he get her back? I think in one of the episodes, he got taken. Yeah. How many of y'all know they better not make another sequel? That's enough. Yeah. Amen. If y'all watching tonight, don't make no more of that one. That was good. Stop while you're ahead. Ain't nobody left to be taken. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Everybody got taken and recovered. Well, the question is, are, are you going to get it back? Is that not good stuff? Well, let's keep reading, dear. Let's see if we can find the capstone of this thing. He said, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Verse number 28. And he said, nope, you're not Jacob anymore. You're, you're coming up a level. For as the prince has, uh, has thou power with God and with man, and you prevail. Now look at 29. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee, your name. <laughs> and he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask me my name? In other words, the heavenly being is playing with him. Now, why, why are you asking me my name? So he didn't answer the question, but he did answer what jo Jacob was looking for. The Bible said, and he blessed him where? There. Y'all, I want to tell you tonight that there is a location. And God is going to bless you right there. You ought to say by faith, I'm getting ready to be blessed right here in Charlotte. Amen. No, come on, somebody rise up in your enthusiasm. God's going to bless me right there. You might have some enemies tonight, but he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. And where does my cup run is over? Right there. God is going to bless me right there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what do you do when you're about to be blessed? Don't change your posture. Come on, Goshen. We're going home. You can stand. Amen. Two minutes early tonight. I'm going to bless you right there. Don't let go. Don't change nothing. Amen. You remember that message? Keep doing what you're doing. Come on. Don't let go. Don't change anything. Hallelujah. Because God is not a man. Number 23, that he should lie. No, the son of man. That he had need to repent. Whatever he says, he does. Whatever he spoke, we're closing. Speak brings to pass. God's going to bless you, church. I, I, I don't mind teaching that God's going to bless you message. And, you know, we know God's going to do what he's already done. It's already done by faith. But you need to hear these messages every so often. So you just keep your posture. Because if you're not careful, the devil will play with your mind. He'll make you think your theology is off. He'll make you think that you're kind of right, but not so right. If, it, if, then why? And that's why you got to talk about it all the time. I didn't have time tonight, not only talk about where you're going, but one of the things that'll keep you sustained in faith, and we're closing, is talk about what he's already done. You come into your land, Deuteronomy 8, remember not to forget. Talk about what he's already done. Pastor, why do you talk about the building acquisition so much? Because it's so significant. 
Never let it get old. You stay around me long enough, y'all, we will be on the third church from now. I'll still be talking about that church we got for half the price. <laughs> I'll still be talking about it. I still, it, it all, you still talking about your kids that, that got healed and uh, uh, three of which uh, were threatened by death during pregnancy. Now, yep, I'll be talking about that for the rest of my ministerial career. I'd never forget that. Never forget that. I still remember. <laughs> Those who came through new members came to the first class. You hear a story that I tell every time. I still remember. You talk about it. Talk about what the Lord has brought you from, what the Lord has done. And I tell you what else that'll produce, it'll produce gratefulness. Because that's a key in and of itself. We're closing.